0: Good morning everybody. Man, we could we could go home on that or stay in that the rest of the morning and I could not have anything to say. So first off, I want to introduce myself. My name is Josh Schmidt. Um, my wife's here somewhere, but I don't know where she's at. Um, she's Nicole and she's way prettier than I am. Um, and she's way better at a lot of things than I am. And I would honor her but I don't know where she is and she probably knew something was coming so she's not in here right now Um, but I want to welcome Facebook I want to welcome our online community you guys are like family to us that we've not yet met and we're excited at one point that we hope that you guys will be able to venture in and we can meet you in person and I have to get a grip on myself because I've been crying since like seven o'clock this morning so much that I don't think Sephora would help right now and you ladies know what that is, and I know what that is because I'm a married man. And it has nothing to do with me needing makeup, <laughs> because that wouldn't help. But I want to just, this morning, I've had this on my heart for a while, and I've been thinking about it, and then I've, I've read some stuff here of late, and it just, it all resonated, and I, I just feel like we've potentially lost what the standard in life should be. We've, we've gotten away from what the standard should be. We're not clearly communicated that in our education systems. I don't know that um, we're taught that in our, in our families. And so today we're just going to talk about the standard. But when I, when I say the standard, I think if you're anything like me, you're probably like, well, what is that? Is that go to school, get good grades, get a good education, get a good career, get married, have kids? That's, that's what we're told, right? We're told all these cookie-cutter things. That the standard to life is step one, step two, step three, step four. You pay some taxes and then you have step five. And it's all part of the standard, right? And so we're told that that's our standard and that that's what we're supposed to live by. That's how we're going to be successful. That's how we're going to move forward in life. And I feel that that's where we've gotten mixed up. Is our standard isn't necessarily what the world sets It's not what maybe your teacher tells you But what I'm seeing is in Genesis 1:26 and 28 out of the message It says God spoke Let us make human beings in our image Make them reflecting our nature So they can be responsible for the fish of the sea The birds of the air The cattle And yes the earth itself And every animal that moves on the face of the earth, God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for the fish in the sea and the birds in the air and for every little living thing that moves on the face of the earth. So we're not created in the image of the world. We're not created in the image that we see on paper. That's green for land and blue for water. We're created in the image and the likeness of Christ. So if that's where we're created and that's our standard, I personally know that I have deviated from that standard. There's been times where someone's told me something and I've placed that as a higher standard than the word of God. It tells us in here that we're created in God's nature. That we are created to be godlike, reflecting his nature. So a few months ago, like, I believe in complete transparency, complete honesty. Sometimes my wife probably thinks I share two months, which is probably true, but I don't care. Um, and, and a couple months ago, I was struggling. I was struggling at work, I was struggling at home, I was caring. I felt like the weight of the world and trying to provide for my family. Trying to make sure that my family was taken care of, that they had what they needed, that my wife was healthy, that my boys were healthy. And I started to carry all this stuff. And the next thing I know, I'm bogged down. I'm having a hard time walking. I'm having a hard time moving. And what I realized is I was then called. I had, I had a meeting with our pastoral team. And I said, like, I'm frustrated. I'm, I'm tired. I'm not burnt out, but I think I could get there pretty quick. And what I realized is that the last few months, I've set the standard aside and started trying to do it by myself. I set the standard aside and started trying to do my career without God. I started trying to, instead of be the light at my office, I was caught up in the frustration and all of the the office politics and the situations. And I was letting those things control what I was doing. And so as I lost the standard, as I, as I moved away from the standard of God's word and being created in God's image, I started to carry a weight that's not mine to carry. When we step outside of the standard of God, you're going to pick things up that you're not supposed to pick up. I've been more frustrated and angry in the last four months than I have in a long time. Because when I step out of the standard, when I don't keep myself in the standard of God knowing who I am, reading his word, trusting his Holy Spirit, worshiping him, when I step out of that standard, okay, I'm going to pick up anger. I'm going to pick up depression. I'm going to pick up anxiety. I'm going to pick up that I'm not a good enough provider because I don't have all these things. We're not on all these vacations. I'm going to pick up that I'm not doing enough because we don't have brand new vehicles. We don't have all these toys. And we start to pick up these standards that are impossible to live by. We start to try to create a worldly standard that's unobtainable. And then we wonder why we're frustrated. We wonder why we're beat down. We wonder why we feel like we're falling apart. So when I lost the side of the standard, I realized, like, through conversation, through that meeting, that I had to fix some things. I had to regroup and figure out, okay, if I'm this way, something has to change. I'm missing worship like I, I do at a church, but I'm not being intentional at home. I'm not reading the word like I should be at home. I was doing it to prepare instead of to fill myself up and to recognize that that's the standard I'm supposed to live in. So in John fourteen six in the Amplified, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the only way to God. I am the real truth, the real life, and no one comes to the Father but through me. So if we're created in God's image, if we're created in the likeness of his son, we're created in the image of Christ. So if we're created in the image of Christ, if he's the way, if he's the truth, if he's the life, if we're created in that image, that is our standard. I don't care what your teacher says. If your kid's in here, um, I say that respectfully. I love teachers. I appreciate what teachers do. But if your teacher is trying to set a standard that's outside the word of God, that's not the right standard. If your parents are trying to set a standard that's outside the word of God, that's the wrong standard. And I'm not saying dishonor your parents. And if you tell your parents that and I get called, we're all going to have a meeting because that's not what I'm saying. And I don't like getting phone calls from parents when they think that's the case. So honor your parents. But I know a lot of parents are divorced. If one parent is here in church and the other parent is not in church, wants nothing to do with church, the standard that's set is the standard of Christ, not what the parent of the world is trying to tell you. There's a standard in marriage. There's a standard in parenting. There's a standard in education. He's the standard, and I get that our teachers' hands are tied in public schools. Sometimes they may want to talk about the standard, but they can't. But we also have to know that it's not their job. It's our job. It's, it's our job as parents. So we are created in his image and not the image of the world. I don't care what social media tells you you need to look like. I don't care what the magazine cover in every Walmart or King Super's aisle tells you what you need to look like. That's a standard that the world is trying to set that is not for you. And so it's interesting because if Jesus is the standard, if life is the standard, if blessing is the standard, prosperity is the standard, suicide is not the standard. Amen. Life and life abundantly is the standard. And I am so sick and tired and frustrated of the world deeming suicide okay. That the world pushes you to a point where you think that's the best option. If that's something you're dealing with, let's pray afterwards. Because the enemy has no power. He does not have what it takes to create the standard to tell you that suicide is the standard. And it's not just for our kids. There's adults, there's kids, and it starts at ridiculously young ages because there's a false standard that the world gives us that we're trying to hold people to. Let's hold them to the standard of Christ. That's all that matters. I don't care what shoes you wear. I don't care if you wear boots. I don't care if you wear jeans. I don't care what you wear. If we hold them to the standard of Christ, what the, their appearance isn't going to matter. Exactly. Their life is going to matter. Suicide is not the standard. The standard is not debt. The standard is that you are a provider, that you have an abundant supply, that you are the lender, that you don't have to borrow. Amen. Amen. We have tools and the ability to move from the standard of the world, and I think the standard of the world is you make this much a year, so you need to have that in a car. You need to have that in a boat. You need to have that in four-wheelers. You need to have 15 times that in a house. And that's the standard that the world creates. And then we're in such a place trying to chase a false standard that everything goes to hell and we wonder why we can't be successful at anything. The standard's not depression and anxiety. There's a lot of people that struggle with depression and anxiety because that's the world has made it okay. I know that's a real thing. It's okay to struggle with that, but let's not let the world set the standard and dictate that you can't be set free from that. The standard is joy and peace. That's what God's word says. So if if he's created the standard that we're to live in joy and we're to live in peace, and both of those things aren't based off your emotions, but we let the world tell us that we need to be in anxiety, that we need to be in fear. How many of you have heard a fear message in the last 18 months? That's all you've heard. That's all I've heard the standard is not fear, but the standard is courage and faith. Faith and fear cannot co- co-exide, coexist. You can't have fear and faith at the same time. And we've been taught, the world has taught us, you have to be afraid of everything. I'm more afraid of getting hit by a car than I am some things that are going on. That's just my personal opinion. But we get so fear driven... I don't think I've seen a positive message on TV in the last 18 months. That's creating a new standard. When we start to take out the faith and the courage, and the only thing that we preach is fear, 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 fear. In 18 months, now all of us are living in a standard of fear. Every single one of us. It's not that I'm better than somebody else. It's not like I'm, I'm... that people that speak up here don't have fear. It's not that we're able to not overcome fear. Fear is a thing that we have to deal with, but when the world creates that message, and the message is consistent, and it's beat in our heads day in and day night, and that's the only message we hear at some point, we're going to do something out of fear, because that's the standard that they've created. There's a ton of people I work with, and know that because of the current situations, they have faith, they have courage, but because of the message and the standard of fear that the world has created, they've had to move in things that they weren't wanting to move in. In Galatians 5 1, I'm just going to read this real quick, but it says, Let, the, let me be clear the Anointed One has set us free. Not partially, but completely and wonderfully free. We must always cherish this truth and stubbornly refuse to go back into the bondage of our past. If anybody's like me, being stubborn is, is a gift. But I need to use that in the right way and not go into things of my past. The standard isn't bondage. The standard isn't being bonded to addiction. It's not being bonded to pornography, to cigarettes, to alcohol. The standard is freedom. The word of God, the standard of Christ is that we are set free. That we are not tied in bondage, that we're not shackled to a weight that we can't pull around. That when we do, we're ineffective because we can hardly move. The standard is freedom, not bondage. Romans 12, 2, it says, Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Do not copy the behavior and the customs of this world. The standard that we're supposed to live to is not the world. It says right there that... The behaviors, the customs, the things of the world are a false standard. The standard that we are supposed to live to, the standard that we're supposed to hold others to, the standard that we're supposed to help others get to is the way of Christ. If you're renewing your mind, if you're transforming, you're going from something to something. And when I read this, it doesn't say that we're supposed to leave the word of God and the standard of God to pursue the standard, and the way of the world. But it says that we are to leave the standard of the world. We are to change the customs and the behaviors of the world. We are to stop pursuing the things of the world to pursue the standard of Christ. And we do that by changing the way we think. Our thoughts are probably the most important thing that any one of us have if we can figure out how to master our thoughts, if we can figure out how to keep our thoughts within the standard of Christ, there's a lot of things that come into line. There's a lot of things that shake off. There's a lot of things if we can just think like Christ. Amen. If we think like Christ when we walk down the street and see somebody that's struggling, instead of looking down our nose and judging them because of the world's standard, we can love on that person and show compassion. Right. When we see somebody that needs healing... Our standard isn't brokenness. Our standard isn't disease. Our standard isn't, isn't hurt and pain. Our standard is healing and wholeness and restoration. So we need to understand that the standard has been set, and it's actually pretty clear. The Word of God is the standard. The image of Christ is the standard. I've got a pop quiz, and I don't like pop quizzes, so it's going to be an open book pop quiz. So you guys will have the answer on the screen. How many baseball fans do we have in here? A few. So I I played baseball when I was little. I don't know um, a lot about baseball. I do know that the Rockies are a baseball team and not a football team. Um, (laughs) There's some people that that don't, and that's okay. But we're going to have a pop quiz today. And I was reading this. I've read it several times, and then I saw it again a few weeks ago. And it really resonated with me with where I was going today, with where my heart was today. And so, Lindsay, if you'll put that first first slide up. So how many people know what this is? And some of you are going to see this and probably know exactly what I'm going to talk about. This is home plate. So, in Little League Baseball, what would you say the standard width of home plate is? 17 inches. If you guys get this wrong... That is not on me. I have given you the resources to have an open book place. <laughs> so 17 inches. So Elijah, our four-year-old, played T ball this last year, and the base of that T is the width of home plate. So they start creating a standard four years old in baseball. We should start earlier than I as parents. So if you're, if you're in Little League baseball, it's 17 inches. Let's go up to junior high age baseball. What's the width of home plate From here to here Come on guys You got to participate I'm starting to wonder It's 17 inches So again The standard is yet reinforced Home plate is 17 inches wide So let's go to high school How wide is home plate In high school baseball? Man y'all are, y'all are quick learners We're getting this So college what would you say Okay professional baseball 17 inches so we create a standard and that standard doesn't change so what happens if there's a pitcher that gets to the, the pros he signs for the Rockies and it's, it's cool I played with a, or went to high school with a couple guys that are actually pitching in the pros and so it's, it's pretty cool but he gets to the pros he starts to play and he cannot get the ball across 17 inches what do they do? He he don't play anymore. They send him back to work on him to be able to hit the standard. What they don't do is, hey, Jimmy, you can't hit 17 inches. We'll make it 18 today. We'll make it 19 tomorrow. You can't hit that. We'll go to 22 inches. It's almost two feet. You should be able to throw that. You're a professional baseball player. No, you still can't hit that. Let's, let's, Let's make it 30 inches. They don't change the standard. The standard is the standard. It stays the same. What they do is they send the person back to improve, to hit the standard. So when we change the standard, when we, we have a standard, this isn't just baseball. I'm using baseball as a picture because I like pictures. I learn better when I see things. I like to visualize what it is. This is 17 inches. But we don't change the standard because somebody can't throw the ball across 17 inches. But then we get in school and the standard gets changed. You can't sit here all day, so we're going to change the way we teach. The standard changes in sports. If your team philosophy is no facial hair and your best player shows up and he's unshaven, do you keep the standard and tell him he has to shave or he doesn't play? Or do you change the standard because he's your best player? He gets caught drinking, you have a no drinking policy. She gets caught drinking, you have a no drinking policy on your team. Best player on your team. If they don't play, you have no chance of winning. One, that's poor coaching, but we won't go there. They have no chance to win. Do you change the standard? Oh, well, we'll just keep it between us, nobody else has to know. Or do we use the established standard? The thing is, is it's not the teacher's job. It's not the Sunday school teacher's job. It's not your youth pastor's job. It's not the pastor of this church's job. I believe that when we create the standard... There's a reason I feel like this is called home plate. The standard starts at home. The standard must take place at home. We've changed the standard. We've gotten away from 17 inches and instead of forcing people holding people accountable to hit 17 inches we've widened the plate we see this in our society today we were at a football game, can I share this? Um, yesterday we were watching C-Dub's boy and play football and this team was was rough, I mean these these kids are 4th and 5th grade 6th grade and they're dropping, like, calling kids across from them the F-word. Sixth grade. But, hold hold that thought, because we're like, man, that's unbelievable. But when you look at the sideline, and all the parents are calling a bunch of sixth graders the F-word and cussing at the refs where they almost had to call the game at halftime, we've lost the standard. We've widened. We've gone from 17 inches to whatever it takes. To make it successful. And that's crap. There needs to be accountability. There needs to be responsibility. My four-year-old knows there has to be responsibility and accountability. You tell the truth. You don't, you're going to get your butt spanked. You hit your brother, you're going to get your butt spanked. There has to be a standard and we have to start young. We can't change the standard because of our inefficiencies. We can't change the standard because of our misses. We can't change the standard... Because we don't know how to work and dial things in to be able to hit the standard. That's what we're doing. We've lost complete set of the standard that's in place. We've completely gone away from the Word of God. We've completely gone away from the standard of Christ. Like, I remember years ago, I was young. And, and, and at the time, like, it was like yesterday. I'm not that old. I'm only 32. Um, but, like, years ago... I remember, and, and this is, I'm not trying to be politically incorrect or offend anybody, but the first time that there was a gay couple on a TV show. That's how the standard changes because at first you're joking about it, you're laughing about it. It's the butt of the joke. The deadbeat dad was the butt of the joke. Look at Al at the shoe store. Come on, y'all. He's the deadbeat dad that doesn't do anything. So the, that's the standard. That's a joke. We're all laughing. We're all understanding, and we're seeing it for what it is. It's a joke, but then you start to see it more. You start to see it more. The next thing you know, the deadbeat dad, the gay couple, whatever it is, is now the star of the show. The standard's changing. We're not holding accountable. We're not holding responsible for the standard. The standard's changed, and now if you want to go to the standard, you're wrong. If you want to uphold your beliefs to the standard that was created, the standard that was initially set, we've changed the standard so much that it doesn't matter. We've gotten so far away from the standard that when you, no, that's, uh, that's not what I learned. That's, that's, not, that's not what God shows me. Right. Right. Then when you stand up, you're ignorant or you're fearful or you're homophobic or whatever the case may be. You get all these labels because we've lost place to the standard. But the standard starts at home. It's not your, it's not your, teacher's, your kid's teacher's fault that your kid don't know the standard. That's right. yeah. And that's, we, we blame too many people. It's not their best friend's parents' fault. It's not their friend's fault. It starts at home. And we've got to establish a standard at home so when they're out with their friends, they know what the standard is. Because if we don't teach them the standard at home, the world has a great way of teaching a standard. The standard right now is sleep with as many people as you can before you get married. You don't know what that's going to bring into a marriage and then all of a sudden you're married and you're like, my gosh, we've got a lot to work through. Yeah, because we've changed the standard. The standard isn't all, these, all this debt and all these bills where you can't even afford to live. The standard is living within your means and being debt-free. And I'm not coming down on you. I'm, like, I'm not going to be like, hey, I'm out of debt. I, I'm not. We're working on that. But let's, let's change ourselves to fix the standard, to meet the standard instead of change the standard. Because what we realize is when we don't establish the standard at home... And we change the standard and we have a hard time getting back to the standard because now we're wrong for wanting to go back to it. Yep. It's a really dark place. Amen. It's really dark. And it's hard for us sometimes to see the light when the standard's been changed so much that we feel like we're living in the pit of hell. We can't see light. We can't see life. We can't. See above our circumstances, because the standard has been so far removed, generation after generation after generation, that some people's great grandkids are going to never even know what the true standard was. I heard a story a long time ago of a family that was had to cut like a prime rib roast, and they every time they buy one, they chop the end off. Nobody ever asked why. And finally, it's like a great-grandkid and says, well, why we do this? Well, that's what we've always done. The standard, we get so caught up in losing the standard, well, that's what we've done. Why? My pan wasn't big enough. <laughs> that's the standard. Why is that the standard? The standard is set. We've walked away from the standard because we're not having conversations at our dinner table. We've walked away from the standard because we've broken homes. Guys, I grew up in one. I'm not saying that that's the end of the world, but we need to come together and figure out that the standard is the Word of God. The standard is the life of Christ, and that's where instead of poor pity me, I can't ever get there. Let's change the standard. Let's figure out what I need to do, how I need to be better, how I need to improve, who I need to talk to, who I need to have dinner with, who do I need to facilitate myself with to make myself better to fit the standard? I don't want the standard to change. I played hockey growing up. Like, there's a goal, and the goalie's job is to stop the puck from the goal. Most of the time, those guys, I felt like they were way too big because they'd stand there and block half of it. <laughs> we figured out that we still had to make it in the goal. It's not like they widened the standard. And the next thing you know, the goal is the entire width of the arena where he stands no chance. I don't want to win like that. Right. We changed the standard from winning, and now everybody gets participation trophies. We've changed the standard from first place, be good enough, do what you have to do, put in the work, take the time, listen to your coach, practice outside of practice, so much so... That a lot of our kids don't know there's a standard in sports that you're supposed to win. Right, that's right. So then we get in life and it's like, well, I got a job. Why would I get fired? You can't fire me. Because we've gotten so far away from the standard that we feel like everything is going to change to fit what we are in. The situation that we in, are in, the, the circumstances that we're in, because we can't live up to the standard. The standard is set. The standard is the image of Christ. If it takes me all my life to get there, that's the journey. It's going to because he was perfect. This is a surprise to you guys. I am not perfect. I said that because Nicole's not in here. She thinks I'm perfect. The standard is the image and the way of Christ. That standard doesn't change. The word of God does not change. It's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So why are we trying to change something that's good for eternity instead of changing ourselves? Instead of changing the dynamic within our house? Instead of having a conversation with our kids? In Romans eight twenty-eight through 30 in the, in the Passion, it says, So we are convinced that every detail of our lives is continually woven together to fit into God's perfect plan of bringing good into our lives. For we are his lovers who have been called to fulfill his design purpose. For he knew all about us before we were born. He destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. This means the son is the oldest among a vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Having determined our destiny ahead of time, he called us to himself himself, transferred his perfect righteousness to everyone he called. And those who possess his perfect righteousness, he co-glorified with his son. We are woven together to fit into his perfect plan. We've been called to fulfill his design purpose. I want to hang out on verse 29 for a second. It says, for he knew all about us before we were born, and he destined us from the beginning to share the likeness of his son. That means the son is the oldest among the vast family of brothers and sisters who will become just like him. Our destiny was set a long time ago. Our standard was set a long time ago. We were created in the image of, and the likeness of Jesus. We're called and destined to be sons and daughters that look like Jesus. He's our older brother. That's a pretty cool older brother. My, my brother walks on water. How about yours? He's called us before we were born to share the likeness of his son. The standard that we are working towards is the likeness of his son. It's the image of Jesus. I want the compassion that Jesus had when he's walking down the street and he's got somewhere to be that he's okay with stopping for the one. I want to love people through their crap, through their sickness, through their healing, because I know the likeness of my brother. The likeness of my brother Jesus is that 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 person is healed, that that person walks in freedom. So if we're called to his image, that standard will not change. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what is going on in the world. That standard does not change. We're not widening the plate. It's not like God's going to come to a new Moses tomorrow and be like, you know what? I really screwed up. I set this standard that through life you're supposed to be like Jesus. You're all going to sin. You're all going to fall short of his glory. But because of my mercy and grace, you can have a journey to live a life like Jesus. But since you guys are so crazy and 2020 hit, I'm going to come in and I'm going to change the standard for you to just do the best you can. For you to just live how you want to and I'll just take care of it at the end. The standard's not going to change. That standard is set in place. We are created in the image of Christ, and He is the standard that we are to imitate. It doesn't say that we're created in the image of somebody at school. It doesn't say that we're created in the image of some celebrity that's all over every magazine front page. He doesn't say that you're created in the image of your parents, your siblings. If you have siblings in here, you're all going to be like, well, somebody else was the favorite. You're all going to have those things. But the good thing for us is that's not the standard. That's not how we were created. I was created to look just like this. And praise God, Nicole thought that was enough. (laughs) I was created to walk exactly where I'm walking, to have the two boys that I have. The standard has been set. We've we've gotten away. If we are being conformed or transformed, and I said this a minute ago, but it just it's it's resonating with me that to be transformed by the renewing of our thoughts—that's us. That's not your parents thinking for you, your teacher thinking for you. That's my thoughts. To be renewed to the standard of Christ, I have to change the way I think. And if I have to change, if I have to be transformed, that word right there is metamorphosis. That's what we see when a caterpillar turns into a butterfly. And some of you may think right now, well, it's so ugly on the outside. Caterpillars aren't the most appealing creatures. Scare the wham out of some people. They're fuzzy. They crawl around weird. But when you continue to stay with the standard and you continue to transform by the way that you think to align with that standard, all of a sudden, in the right time, through the right storms, through the right weather, through the right seasons, you transform to look like Christ. That's the way we were created. That's the standard that we're supposed to live at. It doesn't matter if you're four and you're playing t-ball or if you're getting paid millions of dollars to play baseball. Home plate is the same. The standard, once the standard is set, that standard doesn't change. I've, I have I watch baseball enough to know that I've never seen them take the home plate out and put in a bigger one. It takes place at home. Lindsay, if you'll go ahead and throw that last picture up. This is my little boy, my four-year-old. Our standard, the standard of knowing Christ takes place in our living room. It takes place at friends' houses when we have worship nights. We hang out and just start eating dinner and hanging out, and the next thing we know... The kids are all playing instruments and we're having a worship night. The standard is set at home when my kids see me in the word of God, see me talking about the word of God, seeing me trust Jesus for their healing when they're sick. We're at a worship night and I had no idea that this was taking place. Over the last five or six years, I've gotten to a place of worship. where I don't care what anybody thinks. I'll stand up here and jump around. I'll lay on my face but we've created a standard at home that we can freely worship Jesus. And my little boy has seen me do this and I didn't know. I was in a moment and my wife captured this picture. We have the ability to set the standard at home. We have the ability to change everything that the world is telling us how it has to be within the walls of our home we can set the standard. Our standard for our families can know that we sit together at the dinner table, that we don't have our phones at the dinner table, that we read the Word of God, that we trust the Word of God, that the Word of God is true, that the entire Word of God is true, not just part of it. If we're going to trust Him for healing, we're going to trust Him in the valleys. We're going to trust Him on the mountaintops. The entire Word of God is the standard, and it's true. My little boy is going to know, both my boys, my wife, they're going to know in our house, we serve Jesus. They're going to know that that's the standard. They're going to know that we go to church. They're going to know that the standard is the way of Jesus. Amen. A friend of ours last night, she called her kid's super sick, so we're driving to take her some medicine. And Elijah's in the back seat eating his McDonald's, and he said, "Well, let's just pray for it. Let's go in and pray for." Her. That's the standard. The standard is established at home, and if the, sta- the standard is built on the foundation of Christ, we can get out into the world, and it doesn't shake the standard. The standard doesn't change because the world gets hard. The standard doesn't change because life sucks sometimes. We get knocked down. We get beat up. We get our teeth kicked in. There's times where we feel like we've been in an all-out MMA fight, and we had our arms and feet tied together and we couldn't defend ourselves. But the standard's still the standard. As CW mentioned a couple weeks ago, guys like, they're some of our best friends. When they lost their son, the standard didn't change. The standard is the word of God and that God raises the dead, that God heals the sick, that God is God. In the middle of hell, the standard is the same. Whatever you're going through today, whatever situation you're dealing with, whatever is taking place in your marriage, whatever is taking place with your kids, the standard is set. We can flip the switch and understand that that standard is is what it is today. You're not going to maybe see the changes overnight, but if you make a change, okay, today... Our standard is no longer the world. Our standard is no longer fear. Our standard is no longer what CNN or Fox or Uncle Johnny tells us. The standard is what the Word of God tells us. That's going to be uncomfortable for some of you because to change the standard, you're going to have to change some things. But the standard is not going to change. If you're not in the Word and you're not believing and trusting the Holy Spirit to guide your life, that's the standard. And if you want wisdom from God and you want God to speak through you and you want God to move through you, you've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit. That that standard does not change. The standard is that Jesus gave his son for us. But the thing is, is we can't just talk about the standard and do nothing with it. I've never once told my four-year-old that he has to lay on the ground to worship Jesus. I've never once told him that he has to jump up and down. I've never told him what? Because we can tell people till we're blue in the face. A lot of us live that way where, okay, here's the standard, and I couldn't stand up to that standard, so I'm going to justify myself to not meet the standard, but I'm going to hold you to the standard. And when we start to try to hold people to a standard that we aren't in pursuit of ourselves, That's why the world thinks the church is hypocrites. Because we've changed the standard for ourselves to account for our misses, to account for our shortcomings. But when they need grace and mercy, there's no standard. The standard's up here instead of all the freedom, all the grace, and all the mercy that we've been given. We can't just talk about it. They must see us doing it. If your kids are fully grown, it's not too late. If your kids don't come to church, it's not too late. If you've never worshipped Jesus with your whole heart, I would invite you to worship him how he tells you. It's not about the person next to you. Honestly, if you're sitting there with your spouse, it's not about your spouse. I I, I would invite you to open your heart to worship Jesus the way that he's asked you to and help establish the standard because there may be some kids sitting in here that don't have a mom or a dad that sees that freedom in you. And you're helping them step to the standard. You're not changing the standard. You're helping them come to the standard. It's time that we stop beating people up because of their shortcomings and help them step to the standard. It's time that we start giving them the tools, the ability, the practice, the things to be able to throw the ball across the plate. We like to do some activation stuff with our kids because we don't believe that there's a junior Holy Spirit. We don't believe that Pastor Darren is any more powerful in praying than a junior high or high school student. So we do activations. We were just at a youth night um, last week or two weeks ago, and there was only a few kids. We ordered pizza, so we took pizza to the fire station. They prayed over the fire, fire station. But before we went, we had them line up and go pick somebody with their eyes closed, and they had to trust that God would give them a word. These are junior high kids. And God showed up and gave every single one of them a word. Amen. So I thought I was going to be funny because we also are okay with creating the culture that it's okay to fail. You may miss God sometimes. But the closer that we get to the standard and the more that we try to obtain the standard of Jesus Christ, it's okay if you miss. So me being the wise guy I am, I said, prophesy your partner's mom's maiden name. No chance. No chance. I was wrong. One of our junior high kids got a picture of Beauty and the Beast of the glass going over the rose. A picture. The mother's maiden name was Rose. The power of God is the standard. The Holy Spirit is the standard. And if we want to see change, if we want to change, we have to take the standard for what it is. The standard is worshiping Jesus as he tells you, not what your neighbor thinks you should do. The standard is believing in the power of the Holy Spirit that you can be at dinner and God tells you to pray for somebody because they're hurt and they get instantly healed. The standard is the blood of Jesus, the image of Jesus, and not the image of the world. So I'm going to close with this last statement don't widen the plate. Not in school, not at your job. Not at your business, not in your marriage, not parenting your kids, not inviting your kids' friends over for dinner. If there's a friend sitting at your table, that's an opportunity for you to help them get to the standard. Don't change the standard. Don't change talking about Jesus and having worship nights and praying as a family at dinner because they got friends there and you don't want them embarrassed. Because then they're going to be embarrassed when they're invited to church or we want them to invite somebody to church. We can't widen the plate. We've got to stop widening the plate. The standard has been set and we have to bring ourselves to that standard. But it's not just about us. It's not just about getting ourselves to the standard. That's step one. Step two is knowing so much what the standard is that you can reach out and everybody that doesn't know what the standard is you can show it to them. Don't tell them about it. Don't tell them how good Jesus is and how much he loves them. Show them. Don't talk about the power of Jesus healing somebody. Pray for them and expect them to be healed. Don't talk about the standard. Just start living the standard. Yeah. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus. and We just thank you for setting a clear standard. We thank you for, for giving us your son that we are created in his image, that we are created in his likeness, that we are supposed to be just like him. Father, that you set that standard at the beginning of time. Father, at at the very beginning of the Bible, that's the standard that you created, that we would be like you. And Father, that the world is coming and trying to change the standard, that the world is trying to change the standard of education. The world is trying to change the standard of freedom. The world is trying to change the standard of marriage, the standard of family. But the standard's been set. And we thank you for establishing a standard on a foundation that's not shaky, that's not rocky. Father, that your standard is, is the blood of Jesus that gives us life, that saves us, that brings us into life with him. Father, that your standard is worshiping Jesus to the fullest of how you've asked us to, to worship you that the standard is is water baptism, Father, that it washes us clean and brings us into to a place with you. And Father, that the standard is your son, that the standard is the Holy Spirit moving through people, that the standard is the power of Christ through every single one of us. And I just thank you. And Lord, it's, it's heavy on my heart this morning that there's maybe people here that don't know that you're the standard. They don't know what they're supposed to live up to. They don't they haven't had somebody call out identity in them. They haven't had somebody call out what they're supposed to be. And Lord, I just feel like today that you're you're calling them home as sons and daughters, that you're showing them that the standard is you and the standard is for them to be yours, that the standard is for them to walk as a son or walk as a daughter, not be abandoned, not be orphaned, but that you set their standard as well. And Father, if there's anybody like that in here, Sometimes moving to the standard is a little bit challenging. But Lord, I would just ask that if there's anybody in here, Father, that you would impress upon them, I just ask you guys to raise your hands if that's you this morning. If you don't know what the standard is, if you've never heard the standard is Jesus, you don't know how to get to the standard of Jesus, that today is your day. I see you. Jesus sees you. That's more important. Jesus has set the standard, and he sees you. And we just thank you so much, Father, for what you've done today. We thank you that people are realizing to live for the standard, Father. And we just thank you for those choices today. And we just give you all honor and glory for everything that you do and who you are above what you do. And we just give it to you in Jesus' name. Amen.